Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nintendo Watcher Podcast. I'm Justin, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Matthew. Matthew, what's up? Hey, Justin, give me a sec. I gotta mess with my lights here. I messed something up. Always with the lights. There we go. Yeah, per- yeah look at you. Look at you. You're like a, a million bucks. All right. There we go. Well, tap that one down. That one. Yeah, we're good. All right. Hey, hey. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> All it's a right. strong start to this episode, I think. We tweaking my lights for 20 seconds at the top. No, no. Very strong start. Um, and listen, we are um, not quite at the beginning. Well, I guess it is sort of the beginning of our Zelda month. We've, we've got a couple of episodes under our belt. We've got a couple of YouTube videos out that are you know, um, part of the Zelda month for us. And today... We really wanted to focus in on the 2D Zeldas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, Zelda is 2D. I really enjoy the 3D stuff, but for me, Zelda really is 2D. What, what What's your thoughts on 2D Zelda in general? Yeah, so um, love them. Great series. Uh, grew up with the 2D Zeldas. Played those a lot before I ever touched a 3D Zelda. Um, so I kind of wanted to just, you know, have a conversation today this, you know, this first kind of podcast for Zelda month about the games that started it, right? I mean, it seemed weird to jump right into talking about 3D Zeldas when, you know, yes, they're all part of the same series, but they're they're so distinct. Um, and there's so much to say about the 2D entries um, that it seemed like a good starting point for us to just have a conversation about those games. You know, what do they mean to us? Um, which ones are our favorites? Why do we like them? And uh, how do they stack up in this modern era against the you know, 3D Zeldas out there. Now, when we're talking 2D Zeldas, though, right, we kind of need to clarify a little bit, right? Because I would consider um, the Link's Awakening remaster, you know, remake um, a a 2D Zelda, even though it's 3D sprites and stuff like that, right? It's still Mm -hmm. a 2D Zelda. It's still a a top-down isometric uh, uh, Zelda game. I think that's kind of the key here. If the camera doesn't pan, you know, ground level behind Link and fully, you know, uh, maneuverable, I would say it counts for for our purposes. Does that seem fair? Does that does that make sense? That's fair. Using 2D very liberally here, but yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We're talking gameplay, you know, because right. the as gameplay is very similar, design. right? Yeah. For for these games. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up with the first game I ever played, or that I remember playing. Um, was the original Legend of Zelda on the NES, right? That's, to me, the first, like, distinct memory I have of video games. I know that I had, like, dabbled with an Atari um, a little bit as a kid. Um, I had played through some of the early Marios, or I should say I had played some of the the Marios with my family uh, when I was little, but... The one that I remember the most is that gold cart, right? That gold Zelda oh, yeah. cartridge that was so distinct and still to this day is, is one of the most unique game cartridges ever, you know, crafted. I know the, they did that for a couple other games, but that was like the the, the first uh, one I'd ever seen. And, and so I vividly remember as like a, you know, like a, like a five or six year old, um, that cartridge and watching my uncle play, uh, the first one playing a little bit of it at an age where I had no idea what was happening or what I was doing. Um, so that was my first like 
video game experience. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't count it as my first Zelda um, for reasons we'll get into in a little bit here, but that's like my first gaming memory. So Zelda is a series that, like, from the inception, uh, for me, is like defines video games. I mean, what about you? Where where did you jump into the series? What was your first exposure to Zelda? You know, I feel like I probably was exposed to the original um, and probably a link to the past, but I don't really remember them. I didn't have them yeah. uh, growing up, but I did have Link's Awakening on my yeah. Game Boy. And that was one of the coolest games I ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, like having Chain Chomp in that game and yeah. carrying it around on a, on a, on a leash, basically. Um, I thought that was just unbelievable. And, um, you know, the, the whole motif of uh, getting rupees from cutting grass, yeah. you know, like, like I loved every minute of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I don't remember the, the first few games on the home console all that well. And I didn't buy copies of them until much, much later. So I don't think I had them. I probably played them at a friend's house, but I, I just don't have like a vivid memory of ever playing them for the first time. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So when you say when you say Link's Awakening, you talking about like the original Game Boy, or are you talking about the DX version that came out later on the Game Boy Color? No, I never even played the DX version. Interesting, um, interesting. I, I thought about getting the Game and Watch. I think you got the mm-hmm. Game and Watch. Um, I do. Yeah, I have the with that's just got Zelda one and two on it. Oh, I thought it had Link's Awakening too. Mm-mm. Oh, I never don't mind. Believe so, unless I'm mistaken. I think it just has the first two, but it's been a little while. It has uh, those two for sure, but I haven't really messed with it since then. But oh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, I, I thought it had Link's Awakening on it, so I was like gonna get it just to play Link's Awakening DX or whatever it's called mm-hmm. um, for the Game Boy Color. But I just never did. Um, and, you know, when when Nintendo came out with the remastered or remake, not even a remaster, the yeah, remake, really a remake. Link's Awakening um, a couple of years ago, I guess, that was really a blast from the past for me and, and for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But that being the first Zelda that I really remember playing through that I finished, um, yeah. that really meant a lot to see that. And I thought the claymation was really cool, actually. That was one of the Amiibo that I had to buy. Nice. I don't really collect Amiibo. I've got maybe 10 of them, but I had to have this one. Had yeah, to that's have a good one. one. That's a good little guy. Um, that game was a blast. We'll talk more about that in a little bit later in, in this discussion. But um, it's interesting that Link's Awakening was your first experience, like the first real experience with Zelda, because mine was actually, um, like again, played, dabbled in the original on the NES got nowhere mostly just like the first three screens around the you know the opening minutes yeah um picked up a sword picked up a shield and then uh, figured nothing out um as you do in those original games but um my first experience of actually playing through a zelda game was in fact link's awakening dx on the game boy color I didn't have a original Game Boy. I didn't get um, a Game Boy until the color came out. And the game that I got with it, the first game that my my parents bought me um, was Link's Awakening DX. It came on like a black cart, which I remember yeah. being really different than um, all of the other Game Boy carts that I had seen up until that point. Um, which again would, would go on to be like, you know, those colored carts and stuff were something that I really loved. You know, the gold NES, the you know, black um, Link's Awakening DX. And then obviously when we get to Pokemon, you got your reds, your blues and all those with the colored cartridges and stuff. Um, but, you know, that I- was a game that I remember as a kid playing through and, um, you know, 
that game at the time was so difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I probably spent two months on that game, um, playing it pretty much every day and never ended up beating it. Uh, I was young at the time. Like I, it had just come out and I was, I was pretty young at the time. Um, so I don't remember it, uh, super vividly, but it's funny that you mentioned chain chomp because that was the point in the game when you, when you first get chain chomp that I don't know what happened, but like I soft locked myself or at least in my brain at the time, at that age, I had thought I had soft locked myself. I could not figure out where I was supposed to go. And this was the pre internet days for the most part, yeah. right? Like we had dial up, you had a, you know, game had just gotten off the, the ground, I think, but you couldn't really look stuff up. You couldn't really, um, you had to talk to people and I didn't know anyone else who had the game. So I remember never beating it um, until I was much, much older. Uh, but I played it for dozens and dozens of hours, just kind of running around the field and, and attacking enemies and stuff like that, just for fun. It's so funny you mentioned that because I vividly remember my first time playing through it, hitting a dead end with the chain chomp too. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure out what to do. Just ended up hanging around with the chain chomp, going around the little village yeah. um, and and back down to the beach, just trying to figure it out. And uh, eventually I got through it. I don't remember how exactly. It had to be like a friend telling me what to do. Probably. But, you know, um, so there were a couple of things I wanted to mention about um, your story, as, as, you know, similar to mine. Um, these were the days with, like, game companies were actually trying to sell you strategy guides. Yes. So they would put these these really tough sections into games where, you know, you would get like little subtle hints about what to do, mm-hmm. but it wasn't clear. And it, it, to me, it feels like it's all an attempt to sell a strategy guide or to get you right. to call the Nintendo hotline. And I can't stand that. I, I just really hate that part. Um, so th- that was one thing. Another thing you mentioned about was like this being a, a tough game to, to figure out yeah. and, and to get through. Um, for me, it was it was a big transition um, to play like an action game like this versus like an RPG. We talk a lot about RPGs and the more you play those, the better you get. So you can really suck and not be able to beat a boss. But if you just try long enough, you'll eventually level up, right? A game like, like a Zelda game, um, you just have to figure out how to use the tools and uh, how to get yeah. better. It's a, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a different approach that took me a little while to figure out. So that was the thing. And the last point I wanted to make, and then I'll let you respond to all of these, but the last point I wanted to make was, I think people today underestimate how much time we spent with Game Boys. Yeah. You know, like not having a TV of your own, at least I didn't for a really long time. Right. And my console was shared. Um, The Game Boy was was mine. So a lot of my gaming Mm -hmm. happened there. Yeah. We're the Pokemon generation, that first generation Pokemon. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's why, like, I still... You know, when I think of the Game Boy in any of its iterations, right? It doesn't matter if we're talking original Game Boy, if we're talking all the way up to 3DS. The first thing I think of when I hear that name is is the that black uh, like Awakening DX cartridge, because again, it's still just kind of firmly burned into my mind, right? Um, uh, you know, my first real game, right? That I that I played, my first real Zelda game, I should say, right? I'd played quite yeah. a few at that point, but um, this would go on to be a series that I've played just about every entry in to completion, right? I mean, there's a few that I, I kind of missed and we'll talk a little bit about those, um, you know, as this month goes on. 
But for the most part, I've played pretty much every entry through to completion, as, including some of the spin-offs and things like that. But I still find that to me, the with the exception of maybe Wind Waker, right? The games that I, I have a lot of nostalgia for and really find myself wanting to revisit from time to time generally um, fall into the 2D Zelda games, right? These, these um, original kind of isometric top-down games. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, their emphasis on puzzles, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I'm not saying that the 3D Zeldas don't have puzzles. They do. They absolutely do. Um, they're, they're, they're core. Yeah. They're core to the DNA of Zelda across both, you know, uh, 2D and 3D Zeldas. But the 2D puzzles were something that for me for a long time were like one of my favorite, you know, parts about those games because they've got a lot of fun, unique, and interesting puzzles that they, um, you know, had to get really creative with because of the limitations of the 2D field, right? They had to get really creative with items in ways that I don't think the 3D games have ever managed to kind of hit, right? I think that mm-hmm. item management and um, play in in 2D in the 2D Zelda games is always more interesting to me. Um, I like uh, you know the the way they mess around. They it seems like a lot of the 3D entries have kind of their 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 set rotation of items with like one or two added on each entry that don't really do a whole lot different than stuff we've already seen um and that's similar in the 2d but i feel like we get more variety and more um you know interesting takes on these items in the 2d entries and that might just be my you know uh, incorrect memory of these games but i think back to these experiences and you know um I think about something like the rock's feather, right? Which mm-hmm. is such a such an innocuous item when you think about it, right? All it does is let Link jump, right? Which is a a feature in the 3D Zelda games that is just yeah, he can, he can jump. He just does it, right? It's you know, typically not assigned to a button except for like Breath of the Wild, but he can jump by running at a platform and he just goes, right? And and you don't need an item to make that happen in a 3D game, but you are limited uh, with no ability to jump over gaps uh, for a very long portion of these early games. And it makes puzzle solving far more creative in that way. Cause it involves a lot more of the, you know, the environment and the terrain and um, you know, maneuvering through the world in interesting ways, interesting creative ways before you get the ability to kind of jump gaps. Right. And, and progress over uh, minor obstacles like this. And so there's a sense of progression and these mm-hmm. 2D Zelda games that I think is more compelling, I guess, than the 3D. I, I like the the arc a little bit more. Totally agree. And we talked about this a little bit when we did our Minish Cap episode. Mm-hmm. Plug for our Minish Cap episode, uh, if you haven't listened to that. But we talked about um, the the button layouts. You yeah. know, with, with 2D Zeldas, basically you have two buttons. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you get more than that. But generally with, with most of the games, you have two buttons and you're constantly switching items in and out. Yeah. And I think that that thinking through that as a player was much more interesting. Okay, what do I need yeah. to have to to you know get through this puzzle? It may not be the item that I am typically you know uh, using right like maybe yeah. i need to switch on the boomerang for this or maybe i need to switch out the boomerang for the um the, the bow and arrow or something um i think that 
being limited in your controls has a really interesting effect on puzzles in mm -hmm. a way that some of the 3D ones, I mean, you've got with 3D games, just this huge button layout. Um, and it, it can almost be a little overwhelming yeah. for me, like all these buttons do all these different things. But with the, the 2D Zeldas, it's much simpler. And mm -hmm. I mean, you spend more time in menus, but you're making decisions in menus that I think are, are more interesting than just having like, like all of the options available to you mm -hmm. on a game pad. I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense, but in my mind, <laughs> it yeah, feels... No it feels more fun to do it on uh, like a 2D Zelda. And I mean, while I'm talking about controls, if you've played Breath of the Wild lately, um, after coming back to it, you know, after a long mm -hmm. period of not playing it, those controls are awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it's Super a tough, tough game to, to jump back into, right? Uh, which is never the case with a 2D Zelda, which I like. Never the case. Um, yeah. But to what you're, to your point, right, this... This, these sort of micro decisions that you're making um, with inventory management. Um, I, again, I, you know, uh, not to you know, beat a dead horse here with Resident Evil, right? I think one of the <laughs> joys of that series in the early games and, and even some of the later ones is like menu management becomes like a, a, a mini game in and of itself. Um, it's a skill. Zelda has always done this, right? Um, in very specific ways, but it also creates interesting um, you know, split second decisions when it comes to um, dungeon, not just not just like dungeon traversal and solving of puzzles, but like combat as well, right? Because the the interesting thing that 2D Zelda games do is they tend to be, uh, I think, at least I find more interesting with their enemy weaknesses and how they encourage Link to exploit certain enemy weaknesses, like enemies that, you know, the bomb is best for, ones that the boomerang should be used on when you should, you know, pull out a bow instead. And yes, these, again, not, again, I'm not saying none of this is in the 3D ones, but I think in the 2D ones, because of the, you know, the choice of having to pick two items at a time, right? You can enter some rooms in a 2D Zelda where the immediate best approach to clearing that combat gauntlet or challenge is not super clear um the, yeah you know the, the enemy itself is a puzzle yeah and so the enemies become a bit more of a puzzle i think in the 2d games than they are in the 3d because the 3d there's some visual language that tends to work really well in their favor like you tend to know which enemies will work with what items just by looking at them and observing them a little bit it's not and what you got lately Right. It's not as immediately clear in the 2D ones, right? And sometimes they'll mix a couple enemies together that have different weaknesses. And the fact that you've only got two items that you can use, one of those typically being your sword, means that you've got to make sacrifices and decisions to figure out, you know, what is the best way to get through this room with the least amount of health loss, right? And the least yeah. amount of items used, um, especially if I have to use something like my bows, my magic powder, or my bombs, right? And that's something that I always found really compelling in these games is, you know, um, I think more often in a 2D Zelda game, I find myself in a in a room in a dungeon where my health is low, my items are limited, I'm running low on stock, and I come up against an enemy that I have to get really creative with figuring out how to solve. Um, I, I never find item economy to the, be that big of an issue in the 3D Zelda games, but I definitely feel that way in the 2d games and that pressure of 
having to select the best tool for the job at a given point um, is something that I've always really, you know, been fascinated by with those games. I totally agree, especially when it comes to expendable um, items mm-hmm. like your bombs, like your arrows. Yeah. Like you've got to be careful about those things. Like we, I know we just talked about Resident Evil um, in a previous pod, but mm-hmm. it is a lot like a survival horror game where you know you don't know where you're going to get you know replenishment of your bombs again. Yeah. Like you can bomb as many walls as you want if you've got thirty bombs or whatever, but eventually you're going to run out, and you might need those in the next mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it gives you an interesting challenge that I don't think that we've really gotten with the 3d games yeah. maybe we can't get with the 3d games yeah i don't know um i mean it's interesting because you look at breath of the wild right which uh, and i think this this really started with a link between worlds so it really started in the 2d games right a link between worlds introduced the um the item loan systems that you could approach dungeons in whatever order you wanted to approach them right but you still had you still had uh, restrictions based off of certain items that you needed in your inventory to clear certain locations, right? But it was a little bit more open-ended because you could you could buy and loan items to yourself um, in that game if you needed them. Um, and then Breath of the Wild comes along and says, well, what if we just remove most of the items from functioning as items, you know, we, we take out the hookshot. We don't need that anymore. Um, we change the boomerang to just a weapon, right? That doesn't really solve puzzles so much anymore. It can in a few instances, you know, you can throw it at a, a switch and, or, or something like that. But for the most part, it's just a weapon. Um, that yeah, does you're much damage. more relied on the Sheikah Slate than mm-hmm. any particular item. And in doing that, though, right, um, a big criticism of Breath of the Wild from a lot of uh, Zelda, like long-term Zelda fans, is it, it dumbed down the puzzles. It, it reduced the um, the sort of complexity and um, intensity of some of these puzzles that could be designed and curated around a very specific approach with a very specific item, which, again, people also complained, you know, by the time of Majora's Mask, um, that it was getting stale, right? That that I got the bomb, so I know this is going to be the bomb dungeon. Um, I got the boomerang, so I know this is going to be the boomerang dungeon, right? And, like, all of so the puzzles in involved. That, but... Know? And, and it is, but at the same time, I felt that in making those decisions, Nintendo was able to, like, they they were able to hyper-focus on making the puzzles that you solve with those items far more interesting than in later yeah. um, later 3D entries. And so that's why I still find um, a lot of joy in playing through the 2D games, because, you know, the combat's nothing of of you know uh difficulty or interest in in a 2d zelda game it's pretty straightforward hack and slash fair um but the puzzles are so fascinating and interesting and well done um and i just want to talk a little bit about the world map in the 2d zelda games because that's something that i absolutely love the way the world maps work with these little like um often like gridded maybe four by four three by three you know maps that you fill in as you enter new areas and put little dots on and then at the end you've got this nice little just like picture of a map that you can look at it's just one big square with the entire world on it in this nice little neat you know um uh, square that tells you exactly where you've been and what you you know still have to do um it's just a really cool like visually i find the 2d games to be really um pleasing to look at they're they're I like, very enjoyable to kind of just absorb i like any game that lets me slowly unveil the map mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I think we're both playing Xenoblade 3, the DLC right now, mm-hmm. and Xenoblade does a great job with that, right? Like, as you go through the map, you slowly yeah. reveal what's there. And the 2D Zeldas do a great job of this. Yeah. A really and, great job. But at the same time, it's not just enough. That's just not that's not enough for me just to reveal the map. Because I, I, you talk about the Xenoblade map, but I hate that map. Because really, oh my god! Because it. once it's unveiled, all it is is just kind of like a monochrome, uh, you know, brown map with with you know names of places on it and some some map markers all over it. Same with Breath of yeah. the Wild. I hate the Breath of the Wild map because you unlock the squares and it's just a brown map with some markers on it, right? Um, whereas the old two D Zelda games had these like full color like maps right like the the map to a link to the past right like when it's fully filled in you know you can tell what the biomes are you can see what you know each of the areas kind of looks like Um, it's like a fully rendered artwork of the world Um, and these 3d games you know modern games have really pulled away from that and have no i shouldn't say that that's dismissive of a lot of really good maps out there but um they're more like map maps yeah yeah that's that's what i'm thinking like the xenoblade games and and, you know breath of the wild are good examples of this that they're just not interesting fun to look at maps in the way that the 2d zeldas almost always are you know we were just playing minish cap and you know gorgeous gorgeous little tiny map in that game um but the the other thing that's interesting is you know we were sitting down to do this episode and i was thinking about you know zelda recently and in my mind i i thought you know uh, there's definitely more 3d zeldas now than there are 2d zeldas but i was going back and it looks like the 3d zeldas are still outnumbered by the 2d zeldas if we're just talking mainline we still have more 2d mm-hmm. zeldas uh, currently than we have 3d zeldas because there's one two three four five yeah 11 2d zeldas to and that's that's not counting remakes, eight. right? No, no. Versus eight 3D Zelda. So um, it's interesting because I was thinking about this recently and how much I wish we would get another 2D Zelda. And I guess that's kind of like the next point I want to make. The question I want to ask you is, do you think it'll ever happen again? Do you think we'll see, um, you know, uh, be it a remaster, remake? I mean, there was rumors that the Oracle games were going to see a touch-up. Um, do you think those teams are still out there doing that? Or have we fully moved in with the era of the Switch? Have we fully moved past 2D Zelda games into 3D? All right. I'm going to try to be Notre Dame here. Uh, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons are going to come to the Switch Online on the Game Boy. And mm-hmm. a Nintendo will call that done. I think we could get a um, Link to the Past style remake of... Or Link's maybe, Awakening style remake? Uh, yeah, sorry. A Link's Awakening style remake to, to A Link to the Past or hmm. the original. Like I can totally see them doing that because they've already tested the market with Link to the Past. It performed super well, sold really well. Yeah. Uh, I could see them doing that with the originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do wonder because it, it seems like, you know, the the pace at which Nintendo has has put out like their their core lineup has really kind of slowed 
in recent years, mm-hmm. I think, right? I mean, we've only had one, really one Mario on this. I mean, unless you count Bowser's Fury, but that's more of like a DLC, right? Than a full That's pretty typical, though. We, right? we usually get one big 3D Mario per console now. Yeah, but I think the the switch is going to be around longer than we think. Right. And it already has oh, kind of, okay. been, right. And so I'm not saying we won't get like a switch too, but I think that they're going to continue to create for the, the switch for quite a long time. And so I'm surprised that we haven't started to see, you know, a new donkey Kong, a 2d Zelda, another Mario, um, you know, any of those big ones, um, you know, in a few years now, <clears throat> you know, we got, we're getting two Zeldas as of, you know, a week from this record. We'll have two Zeldas on the, on you know, on the system. Um, and we don't even have any news about another Mario. We don't know if it's coming. We don't know uh, if it's in development. Nothing's been confirmed. Uh, sure. And so I'm curious to see <clears throat> if, if 2D Zelda um, is even in the cards with the rate at which they're you know, producing Zelda games. Like, do they have multiple teams working? Are they going to, you know, are they going to pawn it off on a third party developer or another in-house studio um, that doesn't typically work on these games? Or are they just going to say, Hey, this is it. Now we focus on one gigantic Zelda at a time. Um, Yeah. I don't think future. I really don't think so. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's worth noting that Nintendo did combine their handheld and, console yes. divisions right like the people who used to only focus on the right and held zeldas are now i guess not explicitly just doing that yeah but i think nintendo uh, i i can't remember if they've just they've said this before or if just the community thinks this but they want a zelda a year mm-hmm. and eventually they're going to run out of remasters or yeah remakes of like the 3d things and they're going to have to do something else. And I think that's a natural place to go with the 3D things, whether it's a like Link's, uh, Link's Awakening style remaster. <laughs> keep saying remaster. Remake or maybe something brand new. I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to consider them doing something brand new, though. Yeah. Um, just soon because there's so much left on the table with these older games right. that aren't accessible. And I think they want to resell those if they can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I mean, I you know, no, there's no question that the we're gonna get ports to the um, to the Nintendo Switch Online. I I think that's uh, obvious. Um, but beyond that, right? But beyond that, yeah, I don't know that we ever see a fresh 2D Zelda, at least not in the immediate future. Um, and that's kind of a bummer to me, right? Because I you know I'd love to see another another Link's Awakening, another Link Between Worlds, which I loved. I loved Link Between Worlds. I thought it was a great game. Um, you know, I'd like to see another, <clears throat> you know, stab at the series like that. Um, unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to be in the cards at present. Why do you Why do you think that? Um, just the pace of development on Tears of the Kingdom has me believing that they've decided that with the Switch being the all-in-one handheld and, you know, and... Um, home console there's less incentive to go 2d um because they're not selling they're not selling games to a handheld exclusive market and a console exclusive market and that seemed to work really well with the 2d Mm -hmm. 3d split 
now that they've fused those markets and the handheld is capable of the console experience, I don't see them scaling back to these smaller experiences. Let me push back. We've seen it work with Mario and Metroid. They've done 2D and they've done 3D. I mean, yes, I agree. But they haven't yet done it really with Zelda unless we're counting um, the Link's Awakening remake, which I guess maybe we can. I think we should. Um, but that's not what I'm wanting, right? I don't want You're remakes. talking about like a brand new, like yes. totally... Yes. Well, from scratch, 2D Zelda. Let me ask you this. Um, would you consider like a new game in the style of Link's Awakening to be like a new 2D game or is that just a new top-down 3D thing? Yeah, like, that's a new that... 2D game. I, when I'm talking, again, when I'm talking 2D, I'm talking the Link's Awakening remaster remake as well. That's a 2D game. It still plays top-down. It still plays 2D. Um, but I'm not talking doing that with A Link to the Past. Right. You're talking about a totally new <laughs> yes. story. I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of torn about that because I, it seems like with Metroid Dread um, being so successful, you know, you're bringing this this old um, franchise um, back after I can't remember how many mm-hmm. years, but, you know, like a decade or something. Um, you know, would they would they not want to do that with their biggest IP or second Look, biggest IP? I want to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. Obviously, I want to be wrong on this. I want you to be uh, wrong too. But I, I want that as well. I'm, I just, I don't know if it's in the cards, because again, Breath of the Wild, such a huge seller, continues to sell well, um, is selling like hotcakes again because Tears of the Kingdom's right around the corner. Um, they are they are making hand over fist you know, cash hand over fist on Breath of the Wild and the 3D entries. Tears of the Kingdom is going to do the same thing. Tears of the Kingdom is going to have a huge, huge life cycle because you know whatever Switch 2 comes out, it's going to get a a port over to that with, you know, updated uh, graphics and better quality. So it's going to sell... Plus DLC. Yeah, it's going to sell double on that. Um, You know, they're going to keep their efforts there, I think, because I think that's where the money is right now. Though, again, I would love to see something, you know else come in yeah um i guess you know i would consider you know cadence of hyrule uh, a fresh 2d zelda game it's very different gameplay style but yeah it's a you know it's a fully fledged zelda game and i think it it stands up quality wise with all the the other 2d games but that's made by a, a third party studio right it's a licensed zelda game it's not you know it's not a uh, an in-house first-party well, product, and I'm curious to see if we'll get that. Well, let me let me let me stop you there. Minish Cap or the other Capcom Zelda games, mm-hmm. like uh, well, no, I still consider those. Ga- I'm just saying, I don't know that. You know, are we going to get one? Is is, is sure? Are they out there? You know, talking to Capcom again, saying, "Hey, you know, you guys have been doing a lot of really good work in the last couple of years. You guys want to make another." 2d zelda force i would love to hear that that was the case but but you would still count that even though it's not an Nintendo developed thing okay yeah yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying that they don't they don't count i'm just saying i'm i'm curious to see if like i don't it doesn't seem like nintendo's doing a lot of those types of relationship you know for mainline games now they're doing a lot of spin-off 
games with yeah. third party companies. But um, it seems like anytime a new third party entry in a series comes out, it's mostly been spinoffs. Now, Dread, again, is proof that they're still thinking about it. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that in the next couple of years we'll see something. But I feel like with how quiet Mario has been, um, how gone Donkey Kong has been, that there's a whole lot more that's on the docket before they get back around to a 2d Zelda. And by the time they get back around, they may just decide to go 3d again and give us the next main entry into that series. So that's kind of yeah. where, where my concern is. Man, just as, as an aside, can you believe we've gone this entire generation without a new donkey Kong game? No, I hate it. <clears throat> it's awful. We'll talk more about that uh, soon. I'm sure, but uh, it's yeah. terrible. Future episode. It's just, it's, it's, but yeah. to to the bigger point about these franchises that to me really aren't very well represented on the Switch, you know, Nintendo's one of Nintendo's best selling consoles ever. Mm-hmm. It's just really surprising that we yeah. we don't have anything like that. And with the 2D Zelda, like even even waiting so long to put some of the like Game Boy Advance games on Switch Online, right? Like this is yeah. I think we're in a really bad place right now with regards to the love of the port, the remaster, right? Um, And because, as you point out, there are so many Zelda games that are still not on the Switch, I think that's where most of the focus on 2D Zelda is going to be, getting that full catalog onto the Switch first before we start seeing. So, again... Maybe it won't be till the next console, right? Till Nintendo's next console. But I'm I'm hoping that we will see another 2D Zelda. I just don't know that it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, you know, <laughs> before we move on to our next uh, our next block here, another sort of disappointment for me with Zelda and some of the 2D Zeldas, you can't actually buy them for the Switch. No. A lot of them are going to be locked on the Nintendo Switch Online, which will one day be gone right mm-hmm. like i'm not going to be able to play minish cap my my save cop or my right. save data minish cap i would gladly pay for like a mega man style collection of these zelda games and nintendo right. refuses to put them out yeah it's bonkers I, I don't i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens i think that you know the the 2d zelda series is one um that has a ton of fans and a lot of diehards especially um, in the wake of the disappointment that a lot of long-term fans felt with Breath of the Wild. Again, still one of the best-selling games of all time, hugely popular. Most people loved it, but there is a, a subset of the Zelda community who absolutely did not mesh with that game. Um, I think a lot of those players probably really appreciate and love the 2D games as well, like myself. So I'm hoping that this style of game sees a resurgence after Tears of the Kingdom, um, that Hopefully there's a, a smaller studio, maybe another Capcom developed game in production already that we don't know about. Um, but there's really no way to know until, uh, you know, some announcement, uh, whatever future direct Nintendo's got planned. But yeah. in the meantime, I think it's important that um, we get back to really talking about these 2D Zelda games as why do we love them? Which ones do we love? So why don't we take a break, come back and we'll do a tier list. Does that sound good? Tier list. Let's do it. All right.
All right, Justin. So we are back. We are going to now move into a segment in which we are ranking our top 2D Zelda games. So this is Nintendo Watcher's 2D Zelda tier list. So if you are, you know, a big fan of the series, if this is, uh, you know, a, a, a franchise that you love, if you're a fan of the 2D Zeldas in particular, um, you know, hit us up with your thoughts on this ranking. You know, we're going to go through the 11 mainline 2D Zelda games. Now, uh, we're, we're talking um, The Legend of Zelda. Uh, we're talking The Adventures of Link, Link's Awakening, uh, Link to the Past, Ages and Seasons, Four Swords, Four Swords Adventures, Minish Cap, A Link Between Worlds, and Triforce Heroes, the most recent of the um, sort of 2D Zelda games. Now, in this ranking, we will consider all remakes, remasters, ports, whatever, under the umbrella of the single game. We're not going to be ranking Link's Awakening on here three times. We're not talking the original, the DX, and the, the remake. We're just talking Link's Awakening, right? The package, all of it. So, you know, I want to think about this list as not only, you know, which of these games do you like the most, but which ones do you genuinely holistically think are the S tier, the A tier, the B, C, D tier Zelda games. Now, I'm curious to see if we end up with anything in the D tier. I think that it's fair to say this is a quality series. It's been around for a long time. People love these games for a reason. So don't be mad at us if we, you know, have a couple of, uh, you know, high-ranking Zeldas in here, and we've got very little in the low-ranking uh, categories. But Justin, before we get into this, any any questions, concerns, or thoughts on how we're going to approach this? No, just to echo what you said, I doubt we'll have any D's in here, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So we're going to just go in chronological order, I think. Does that sound all right with you? We'll, we'll yeah, work our way from you know the NES all the way up to the 3DS. That'll be um, the plan here. So the first up on the list, obviously, is The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. This is the game that started it all. The, you know, probably biggest inspiration on Breath of the Wild out of all the Zelda games, I think. Um, one of the biggest, most inspired games of all time. And thoughts on where we place this. You know, we both talked about this a little bit. Um, we like this game. We played this game at various times in our lives, both a little bit when we were younger, a little bit when we were older. Um have you completed this game ever? Have you finished oh, yeah. it? Okay. Perfect. Oh yeah. So, um, just give me your initial, you know, instinct. Where are you putting this on the tier list? Where does it feels the... like it has to be S or A? Um, but I think because it lays the foundation for literally every uh -huh. other Zelda ever, I'm leaning towards S. So, I I I want to say S tier for the reasons you've pointed out. I I also am. I'm hesitant to drop it to A purely for how well it holds up. Um, you know, this is a game that we've talked about. You know, Zelda was it was you know Nintendo, I should say, was designing games in this era to be used with a strategy guide or to have you call their tip line, right? Yeah. And this game, out of all the games on this list, I think needed that tip line. Um, I don't know how you go into yeah. this game blind and complete it. 
Um, I I couldn't um, even as an adult. Oh, it's just it's just random walls you have to bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, no I mean, like, visual. Maybe, no, nothing visual. Maybe you don't need it to com- like like actually finish the game, but you definitely mm-hmm. need it to complete it. Um, yeah. So it, there's a little bit of that where uh, a little, little bait and switch from Nintendo there. Yeah. So I'm hesitant to place it in the S tier just from a an accessibility standpoint. Like, is it? Yeah. You know, would you recommend it to someone who's never played? No. No, I wouldn't. That's that's fair. And that's what makes me think maybe we drop it to A tier for now. We can move it back up, but I think for now right. we we start with the A tier because we don't want to we don't want to go out the gate with an S tier and then have to you know scale back what constitutes an s tier does that that's make to- sense that's totally fair i i do think though um like the, it putting the first one at an a tier and not an s really just speaks to how good the games yes. got later yeah and i think that this is a really solid game if there were never any other you know um, um installments in this series mm-hmm. we would look at this as like one of the greatest games of all time right still right so, so with with that, I'm 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 okay with the okay. the A tier. So we're putting that in A tier. Um, this next one's going to be a quick one. Um, Zelda Two: The Adventures of Link. That's going into S tier. Um, that discussion is over. So we're moving on to Link's Awakening. All right, Link's Awakening, Game Boy, <laughs> Game Boy Color. We got we're, the DX. We're not going to talk about. We're not no. going to talk about. Uh, it's S tier and. Uh, and so I know you're a big fan. The Link's Awakening. We're talking about Link's Awakening now. So uh, we had three versions of this game. We've got the original on the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, which has the DX version, which added some extra dungeons, um, a little more uh, like remakes on some puzzles and stuff. Kind of like not really a master mode, but kind of. Yeah. A little and bit. then we had the remake, which it's a remake, but it is a faithful remake of that game it is essentially one-to-one right almost the original. so i would actually classify it as a huge remaster right more than a remake because i think remakes they, they add stuff to it but this was both of our first like fully invested zelda experience um i think it holds up really well i think it makes some adjustments to the visual right fidelity of the series the you know the visual language of the series to help players understand where and how to progress and it was an entire zelda game on a handheld yeah which is huge right and huge it i mean like you you've got these huge games on the nes and the super nintendo but to have a complete zelda adventure on the game boy i don't think i i appreciated it then absolutely do now Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's shorter than some of the others, but, but it's it plays so well. It plays well. Yeah. You've got all the items. It's a really full adventure. I think one thing, one element of this series or this game that is underrated, um, it comes back a little bit in some future games, but it was really underrated at the time, um, was the side-scrolling sections, right? Which yeah. were a, a carryover from Zelda 2, right? Um, and something that... Um, kind of merged the first two Zeldas in a way, right? Visually and, and stylistically. Um, and, and like put Mario stuff into it. Remember the yeah. Goombas were in the, yeah. Kirby's in there, right? Kirby's an oh, enemy right. in the I game at one point. Um, so it, it's it's got a lot. It's also wacky. It's also one of the it's weirdest. Wacky. And look, when we get to talking about the 3D Zeldas on the next episode, um, we're going to have to have a very long discussion about Majora's Mask, I think. But the wacky, I love the wacky Zelda games. And so for me... 
this is like at least an A tier. I don't know that I could drop it into the B tier because it plays really well. It still holds up. I'm talking like the DX version. You don't have to play the remake. The original still holds up. Um, and aside from like we, we've talked about in the past, um, some confusion over you know lack of clarity on where to go in some place, it's miles better than the first two games at guiding the player, right? For sure. I, I know I completely agree. It's it's A tier. Yeah. It also introduces a lot of really cool items that would become mainstays of the series going forward, right? So um, that's a that's a big one, right? And and I know we've already placed it, but. <laughs> It's it's a totally different story than you get with any other Zelda game. Yeah. Every other Zelda game, I think I'm right. Every other Zelda game is, you know, defeat Ganon or his stand-in, right? And most of them, most Zelda. of them. I mean, Vadi, yeah, you're right. They're they're. It's pretty much the same. I you know beats in in a lot of them, but not this one. No, I mean this one. You're waking up a fish who's dreaming. You know, it's like real it's, good. Yeah, it's, again, it's, weird. it's wacky it's, and it's fun. You know, it, before we move on, though, it reminds me of a lot of the weird stuff that Nintendo was doing with the Game Boy at the time, like like the the, the Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but the, the Mario game that was on the Game Boy, you know, where you save. Um, it's not Paulina. It's the other. It's not, Daisy. Not, no, it's Daisy. It's Daisy. Is yeah. It? OK. And, and you like go to space to save Daisy. Like it's a totally different team working on it. And they're like, I don't know what Mario is supposed to be. I feel like. Nintendo did a lot of that with the Zelda too on the Game Boy. They yeah. were able to take some some liberties with the IP that mm-hmm. later became, you know, these series staples. Yeah, yeah. And so that can that's going to bring us to our next game, which I think is um, the sort of prototypical. Uh, when you think of 2D Zelda, this is the game most people think of. Um, this is The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, the Super Nintendo entry. Um, Still probably the most played beyond Breath of the Wild. Still probably the most played, yeah. you know, outside of Ocarina and Breath of the Wild uh, of all the Zelda games. You know, speedrunners love it. Uh, randomizer playthrough people love it. Um, people that just casually play video games love it. It holds up well. It looks beautiful. Some of the best, best sprite work Nintendo has ever done is in A Link to the Past. It's like seared in my memory, that sprite of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of Link. You there's know, that timeless that that pink hair right that shock of pink hair that he has which is like so weird and distinct like it's it's, it's like i don't even think another zelda did that did are there other ones where he's got pink for his I hair i don't remember it very distinct really, very cool really showing off the power of the super nintendo with yeah. that right oh he's got pink hair in this one and it's essentially two zelda games in one because the first half of the game you're playing through the light world and then all of a sudden what's this the dark world you get a whole inverted version of the map with entirely new areas to explore new dungeons and monsters and items um cool time travel mechanics that would go on like or i guess like timeline mechanics right that would go on to be a huge part of ocarina of time maybe the most beloved entry of the entire series um and so i think we have to place this one in s tier right like there's no way we yeah we can't this is this I'll, is yeah i'll be honest though i wasn't crazy about the 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 dark mode uh, really zelda the dark yeah world? like yeah the dark world i was um i remember the first time i played through it i thought i was getting to the end of the game and i was yeah. like well, you know well, what is this it's what? so long 
It's it great. Is, it just keeps going, keeps going. It is very good. I appreciated it more later. Yeah. Um, but it's not nothing less than an S for that yeah. game. Because I think one of the things that I love is just that opening scene, right? Like from the start, it's just such a compelling game. It jumps you into you wake up in your bed and there's a thunderstorm going on outside. Um, the princess is pleading for you to come rescue her. You talk to your, uh, you know, your uncle's missing. You go out to look for him. You end up in the castle dungeon. He's, you know, injured He's leaning up against the wall. He gives you his, his shield. You go rescue, uh, you know, you get sword and shield. You go rescue the princess. Um, and then all hell breaks loose and you're out on your adventure trying to figure out, you know, how to stop Ganon and it rules. And, um, you know, not to, talk on this too long because we got a lot to get through but i think the nice thing about the dark world mechanic is it opens up we talked about puzzles right we love puzzles in these games and it opens up some really unique takes on puzzles that future games you know really still haven't uh you know um overtaken as far as complexity and interesting design choices right ocarina is probably the the second best to me as far as puzzle uh design goes but this one's like top tier and and just to to further you know layer on the the um, you know compliments of this game, what they were able to do with the Super Nintendo in terms of um, the dungeons levels, mm-hmm. you know having having enemies on different levels, having um, a tr- treasure chests on different levels, but being able to like go underneath bridges and stuff, yeah. like it had it added just so much depth yeah. to the dungeons. To the it, first. It, Mode seven is that the yeah it was the mode seven the mode seven style for the Super Nintendo it really shows that off really well, um, which is great. Um, all right, we got to move on because we got a lot all more right. to do. It's an S. Um, it's so an S. that's an S tier, easy easy picks. Um, we're gonna lump the next uh, couple. We're gonna pair the next couple off. Um, the next two entries in the series we talked about these in the past um, games that came out on the Game Boy Color um, that are well regarded within the community. There, there's a lot of people I know that find these to be some of the best Zeldas ever created, and that is the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games. We're gonna pair these together because they're I don't think there's enough, and you could you can argue against me if you want to you know if you want to argue this, but I don't think there's enough to distinguish these two. It's more of a Pokemon situation than anything yeah. else. There are different bosses and different and you have but you have to kind of play both to get the whole story anyways um and so they really are a single entry as far as i'm concerned each one has a really interesting unique mechanic um and they both play a little bit differently one's a little more puzzle focused one's a little more combat focused but overall i think they're equivalent games as far as quality is concerned these are capcom developed right these are some of the the, these are the first capcom developed uh zeldas um and For I me, haven't played both of them, to be honest. I have never played Seasons. I played Ages. Well, if you've played seasons. Ages, I think you're, you're still qualified to talk through this. I've played through both of them. I think they're phenomenal games. Um, I'm, I'd put them in A tier just because I don't see them as a dip in quality from Link's Awakening. I think they're equivalent to Link's Awakening. And so that's why I would leave them in the A tier. Because if we're putting Link's Awakening in the A tier, I think these have to go alongside it. I okay, so I agree with you in terms of quality, um, and and I'm, I think I'm okay with a level. But the only thing I would I would consider when moving them to a B level is you had to play both to get the entire story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was kind of lame. Yeah, I could see that being, but but I think that each one could be a self-contained narrative that you would enjoy should you choose to only play one? I don't think it was a requirement to play two. And that's why I'd be hesitant to drop them because as standalone games, I do think each is still satisfying. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm okay with a level. For we'll this. leave them here now. If we need to adjust them later, we can. All um, right. All right. I'm good with that. But that brings us to our next pairing, which is four swords and four swords adventure. So the original four swords came out with the links awakening on, was it game boy color? Game boy advance. Advance. I I game think. Boy advance. I think. Yeah. Um, and it was a pack-in, basically. It was a multiplayer pack-in. But it was a full experience. Um, the second one was, I believe, the GameCube. Was that the Four Swords Adventures? Was it on the GameCube? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and these are multiplayer Zelda games. Like That's the only way to you know talk about it. it they're... The original was very hard to play unless you had friends with link cables and, you know, close proximity to play. Um, there was modes in, I think, I don't know if the first one even had a mode to do single player, but later on you could control like by switching between in later games, you could switch between different links to complete the puzzle solo and stuff, but it was not a fun experience. Um, I think these games to me feel almost like our first C tier Zelda games. Mm. And it's, purely from a accessibility standpoint because they're good games but they're also not as distinctly zelda as these other zelda games are because they they feel more like arcade games to me they're like mario party but zelda <laughs> yeah i mean they have dungeons they have fighting they have puzzles and items and all of that but they still feel a little arcadey to me and the requirement to get the most out of it, to really enjoy it, I think, uh, means having four friends that also want to play and can play with you. Um, and currently, I think another dock against them is they're just not easy to play now. Yeah, listen, and and maybe you you will agree with this, but at least when I was playing, you know, back in the day on my Game Boy Advance, most of my friends did not have the same games as me. And yeah. that was the beauty of it because we traded games. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having four people with the same Zelda game, you know, in 2000, 2001, whatever year it was, that just like, for in my experience, was not the situation, right? Yeah. Like, like I was never going to no. be around four friends who had the same game. No, it was, it was tricky. It's hard. Um, they're obtuse games that are not easy to play now. They're, again, not quite as traditional as some others and the things they change i don't think are changed for the best so that's why i'd kind of place them in c tier they're not bad games they're they're perfectly good i've played them um i just they're they're not memorable like these other ones are in my opinion so that's why i kind of put them in the c tier and that brings us Fair. to minish cap a game that we both just recently played i'm still working through it slowly you've completed it um where are you placing this one justin what are your thoughts after having just recently completed it what's your initial Man, I am I am so nostalgic for A Link to the Past, mm -hmm. but I think Minish Cap is better. I think Minish really? Cap, I think graphics wise, the map, um, all the items, the puzzles, the bosses, I think Minish Cap might be an S tier Zelda game. I could almost see that. The my hesitation, I got it there for now. It's sitting in the S tier. Um my hesitation, the reason I'm not, I don't think I'll drop it because I haven't beaten it yet. Right. But I will say it feels a little bit less expansive. It feels a little bit too contained for me mm -hmm. in some ways. Like I don't like the constant return, which is weird because when we get to Majora's Mask, we'll talk about Clock Town, which I think is a perfect, 
perfect Zelda environment. I don't actually like the central hub town of Minish Cap that you have to keep returning to uh, and exploring oh, through as you go. I don't, I don't know. And maybe I'll like it more as I progress. So that's why I'm like, I'm reserving judgment. Um, but I find the backtracking to be a little bit more obnoxious in this game than I do in others. Um, and again, it, that may improve. I'm only a couple dungeons in. But I do think the dungeon design is interesting. I think the items so far have been really fun. Um, though I also take a little bit of issue with the um, the shrinking and growing mechanic because it can sometimes be very tedious. It can be used for certain puzzles that feel very tedious. Um, and so that's where yeah. my reservations for putting it in SGR is that there are some friction points for me that I don't feel a link to the past has. If that makes Growing sense. up and down is a is a pain, no doubt about it. Um, the the traversal between different parts of the map gets a lot easier the the further along you get in the game, which you know that that could still be an issue. Um, but towards the end, you don't really notice it that much. But I think that the the final dungeon and the penultimate dungeon are two of the best in yeah. the two D Zelda. Series. It does have some really good dungeons from what I've seen. So. Okay, I'll. I'm happy to leave it in the S tier. I know there's a lot of people that have there's a lot of people that have nostalgia for this game and really love it. So I, you know, me being someone who can't fully speak to it, I don't feel right dropping it if you feel strongly about an S tier for I, this one. I feel strongly about it, and like even without the gameplay, that pixel art. I think the pixel yeah. art is the best we've seen in a 2D. Zelda. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um, Capcom just knocks it out of the park with these Zelda games. Get them on more. 2d zelda games let's get a new one in in capcom and, and just come yeah, on yeah now that capcom's like like you know back at it and yeah. making decent stuff let's see another one all right so that brings us to our final two entries um the next one's a divisive entry of the series this is a link between worlds the sequel to a link to the past um it is a direct sequel right it is it is a a fully fledged sequel to a link to the past um it introduced the um the painting mechanic where a link can turn into a little painting and travel on walls, kind of like paper Mario style. Um, it also was the first major shakeup of dungeons in Zelda's franchise in the, in the series history in which they decided, Hey, what if you could just complete the dungeons in whatever order you want? Here's an idea. Here's a shop where you can rent these items and, and check them out and go complete the dungeons using, you know, borrowed items, which was hit or miss for some people. Yeah. Um, I personally love this game. I think it's very good. Um, I think it's a suitable successor to A Link to the Past. I don't think it's as good. Um, but I also know that some people really hated the item system in this, really didn't like the paint system in it. So I would put it A tier, but I could see others arguing that this is a B tier Zelda game. I mean, do you have thoughts on this? Um, just that I'm leaning towards B because I feel like A is sort of holy ground for some of those other ones that, that mm -hmm. I, I really think are better than this one. Um, I, I really didn't like the item system. I didn't like renting items. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it was interesting because it opened up the world more. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's something to, in a game like this, having sort of a structure where you work through, right. you don't, you know, sequence break. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts about that? Like, I like that. I like the the freedom that it gives you, but at the same time, like, I think that a lot of the previous games built on like dungeons built on each other in mm -hmm. a way that 
that you don't really get with this one. This might be silly to say, but I don't think we would have Breath of the Wild without a link between worlds. Um, and that's yes, kind of yeah. my, what I think elevates this game is I do think it took some swings with the Zelda formula that didn't work for everybody, but so did Breath of the Wild. But I don't think Breath of the Wild would have taken those swings if A Link Between Worlds hadn't performed well. Um, and it did. It sold well. People liked it. It reviewed largely well. There's, you know, uh, not everyone was a fan of it, but it it was enough that, you know, Nintendo saw that there was an appetite for games that could switch up that that sort of like holy formula of, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, boomerang bombs hook shot right like bow and arrow um, in that order kind of thing but um, yeah I mean I have nostalgia and fondness for this game so I'm more you know ready to put it up in the A tier but I could see that this this list does need some middling some middle ground items and if i'm looking at the list out of everything that we've got placed i think this is the one of the a tier that i would feel most comfortable dropping down um because i do think i like the oracles uh, games better than this so that's how i feel too like on its own if you just asked me about this game it'd be a tier but in relation to everything else i think it's a b okay all right we'll put it in the b tier and that's where it will stay uh, and that brings us to our last game, which I think we can do pretty quick here, um, is Triforce Heroes. This is essentially the um, 3DS equivalent of the Four Swords games, though it's only three this time. Though I think it's, A, more fun than the Four Swords games, and B, learned a lot about the multiplayer from the Four Swords games. It's easier. It's an easier multiplayer experience. You can play it uh, you know, in proximity to people with 3DSs. Pretty much everyone owns a 3DS. Uh, that's a you know a Nintendo fan. Um, so the you know access to multiplayer was easier. And even the single player, not great, more playable, I would argue, yeah. than any of the four swords games. So I would probably bump this also up to a, a B tier. Like you gotta move the four swords, uh, it's gotta be higher than the four swords. Um and now I'm looking at it, I'm like, but is it is it a link between a link between worlds is way better than this though. So what do we do? Do we do we slide four swords down to the D tier and put Triforce Heroes at the C tier? Or do we just accept that Triforce Heroes can sit uh, next to a link between worlds and, and that's fine? Doesn't seem right to me, man. I, I think I think we have to move um, four swords down to, to D. Okay, I, I'm fine with that. I'm not a big fan of those games. Like I said, I think there's a lot of... Um, I've talked a lot about friction in games, how I don't like when there's systems that um, impede just like the simple enjoyment of jumping in and playing. Um, and Four Swords are definitely games that do that in a way that irks me. So I don't have fond nostalgia for those games, except for you know one or two multiplayer experiences with friends. But other than that, I'm, I'm fine moving those down um, to the D tier. And mainly it's because of the gimmick. Like Nintendo yeah. forces the multiplayer on you. It just didn't work. Just it didn't just work didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's our tier list. The definitive Nintendo Watcher 2D Zelda tier list. And yours in, might be different. In yours the is S probably tier. different. It most likely is. In the S tier, we've got Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Zelda, A Link to the Past. And Zelda, The Minish Cap. The three best... 2D Zelda games, bar none. Two Those are the top anyway. tier. Yeah, Minish Cap, we could jump down if we needed to. <laughs> and then the A tier, 
We've got the original Zelda, Legend of Zelda, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Link's Awakening for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Switch. And the Oracles games for the Game Boy Color. Um, in the B tier, we've got A Link Between Worlds, the sequel to Link to the Past for the Nintendo 3DS. Triforce Heroes makes uh, its appearance on the C tier. And in the D tier, bringing up the rear, is the Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures games. That's it. That's a Nintendo ranking for the 2D Zelda games. If you've got issues with this list, if you want to, you know, um, tell us what you would have changed or how you would have redesigned this list, feel free to, you know, drop some uh, comments in the below the video and uh, hit us up on social media with your thoughts on our Nintendo Watcher 2023 2D Zelda rankings. Yeah, please do. It feels like a, a solid list to me, but you might disagree. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. All right, Matthew, let's take it to our game recommendations of the week. What you been playing? What are you recommending? So I'm going outside of Nintendo this week. Now, well, I'm going to do two. One, Future Redeemed. If you are a Xenoblade fan, um, now I know, Justin, you had a hard time at the start. I don't know how your opinions have changed. We haven't talked since then. Um, yeah. If you are a fan of Xenoblade, if you've played any of the three games. Well, if you've played Xenoblade Chronicles 3, obviously don't play it if you haven't, but if you've played Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you're probably invested enough. Play Future Redeemed. Um, I rolled credits on it last night. I stayed up till one in the morning playing it because I couldn't put it down. Um, it is a, a just a whole Xenoblade game. It's a full Xenoblade game as far as I'm I was going to ask how many hours you put it into. 23 it. hours. I put okay. 23 hours into that. Now, that is 23 hours for what is essentially a $40, $40 DLC, or was it $30? How much was the DLC for I that? I think it was 30, 30 but it came with a lot of stuff. But you're buying it for Future Redeemed, if we're being yeah. honest. Um, so a $30 DLC for 23 hours of gameplay. 23 hours that I enjoyed from start to finish. Um, now, I know we'll get into more of this later, um, you know, probably in a, another like video or something, but it it just feels like it does stuff with the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 formula that shake it up in ways that make it fun to dip back in. Um, it changes up combat and mechanics and you know uh, union attacks and stuff like that in interesting ways. It, it changes the way you level up and, and skill out your characters. Um, some of it is dumbing down, but in ways that make for yeah. more compelling um, late game I think make for more compelling um, gameplay decisions, micro decisions and stuff like that. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything other than to say that I think it is everything that Takahashi, the creator of the Xeno series has wanted to do for a very, very long time. Um, and I mm. think it makes for a very bright future for this series. So I'm enjoying it, but I will say that the beginning is slow was really slow for yeah. me. Yeah, I think like, that's you have fair. to be purposeful about about getting through it. As soon as I saw Shulk, I was I was in, but it took a while. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so the the reality is um, this particular uh, DLC. It's only for fans. It's only for longtime invested players, and it pays off a little bit late. 
that's a big thing. So that's one recommendation. The other recommendation, if you're not uh, you know, playing Nintendo, if you like uh, mobile games, if you like uh, Genshin Impact, there's a new game that came out from Mihoyo. Um, I know a very divisive company because of their microtransaction, um, gotcha mechanics and, and whatnot, um, called Honkai Star Rail. It is a fantastic turn-based gotcha game. It's a fully-fledged turn-based RPG with a deep story, um, interesting mechanics, and uh, a really cool style. Uh, it's free. It's free to play. You can spend money in cash shops for you know draws on the gotcha system and stuff like that, but I will say the characters that they give you just out the gate um, and as you progress the story are perfectly suitable for getting through the game. You don't have to spend a single penny um, if you don't want to. In fact, I didn't haven't spent any money on it and I've put dozens of hours into it at this point and it's a lot of fun. So nice. that's my other recommendation, Honkai Star Rail. All right, so for me, outside of Future Redeemed um, that I am enjoying now, um, I've been playing a lot of Trinity Trigger. Um, nice. And... I mean, if you if you were into Secret of Mana um, on the Super Nintendo, mm -hmm. this is a game that's you know in, in a similar style. Um, lots of the developers and the artists and the um, musicians will be familiar to you. Yeah. Um, it's an action RPG that uses that that familiar ring system from the Secret of Mana. I'm nice. really enjoying it. Um, it's about a 20 hour game, so it's not it's oh not longer than I thought. Year. Yeah, it's it's a little longer than I expected too, but it, it's not like a you know a thirty or forty hour deal. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um, at first, when I started playing it, I thought, man, this kind of feels like a mobile game, but <laughs> it starts to expand in in some really satisfying ways after um, I don't know about 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, the dungeons nice. are cool. It's not it like I was thinking about this earlier um, before we started the pod, and I was thinking about what my recommendation was going to be. It's a dumb game in a really great way. Like you can just put this on and kind of zone out. The The story is not important. The dungeons don't have these really complicated puzzles. It's really mm -hmm. just a really satisfying game to go through that you don't need to think too much about. Nice. Nice. Like, yeah. Like it, almost like a traditional, you know, action RPG. It looks a lot of fun. I mean, I've, I've heard good things about it from the people that I've heard have been playing through it. Um, there's just so much out right now that uh, I haven't picked it up, but I may down the road pick it up and check it out. It does look like a it's lot a of fun. weird time right now. There's there's just so much, and then uh, you know Tears of the Kingdom this right. month, like ugh, it's too much, too many yeah. games. It's really hard. It's really hard to to kind of figure out exactly what to do with this. Um, but that said, hey. Check it out if you're into the Mana series, because again, um, we don't get a lot of games like that anymore. We haven't seen a lot in that vein recently, so uh, I would I would recommend checking it out. I've been thinking about that game um, as part of a like a trilogy, an unofficial trilogy. Mm -hmm. So Chained Echoes, Trinity Trigger, and then Sea of Stars, like these three hmm. RPG game, like retro inspired RPG games that have some DNA, like literally DNA from yeah. some of the, the people who are around for the Super Nintendo. So um, for me, like I'm, I'm just outside of Chained Echoes enough to really appreciate this game. Right. And it's got me looking forward now to Sea of Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Sea of Stars. I'm very excited for. Um, we've talked about this a lot. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I, you know, I, I may check it out at some point. I mean, if you're recommending it based off of you know, all the stuff that you've just said, it seems like it's worth at least looking into. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. 
Let's leave it there. It's been a long pod, but a good pod. Matthew, great talking as always. And we'll be back in your feeds next week. See ya.